0: but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to BFTExpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Chris Amsler, and our guest today is Ron Williams with Spire. Welcome, Ron. Hey, thanks so much for the time, Chris. Yeah, definitely. It's good to have you. Ron, give us a bit about your background.
2: Sure. So, you know, I'm a, I've been a longtime uh, tech guy. I you know, started out as a programmer in the Air Force and um, moved into kind of supporting the growth of the Internet in the late 90s and, and into early 2000s, spent several years at Earthlink while it was the number three ISP in the world at the time, and then moved on to some other uh, bigger companies and did a couple startups along the way. I was last at uh, Clover Health, which is a unicorn in Silicon Valley, uh, Google Ventures and Sequoia-backed startup trying to fix Medicare. Before that, I was uh, VP of Security and Infrastructure at Riot Games, um, which publishes League of Legends, the largest video game in the world, I think still today, um, for about five or six years helping them scale up. Excellent. a very diverse background.
1: What led you to Spire?
2: You know, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting story, at least uh, at least for us on the Spire side of the house. Um, you know, uh, along the way uh, through my career, I became an angel investor, and had made uh, several angel investments in, in different techs. Um, Jacob, one of the founders of UpChannel, approached me over LinkedIn asking for some help. Um, and advice on one of the products they were working on about i don't know two and a half years ago or so, and we were talking and um he convinced me to be their first investor, so I wrote him a check, and I started advising them and helping them along the way and and since they've grown a ton, they've raised a couple of rounds uh on on their product um, called UpChannel, which focuses on emerging markets um, specifically helping carriers, telecoms, and smartphone manufacturers servicing those markets make the transition from uh, old-style you know, flip phones and Nokia handsets that we, all, we were all used to 10 years ago here in, in the Americas and Europe uh, are still very popular in those markets because they're very low cost. Uh, but now smartphones are cheap enough. Uh, you can buy a, a good Android at the wholesale for about $20 now. And so smartphones are starting to take over the emerging markets. It's going to be about $3 billion of them shipped in the next few years. And Jacob and his uh, co-founder Charlie had built UpChannel to build back-end tools to provide customer support, reduce support costs, better manage smartphones. Smartphones are a ton more complicated to sell and service than old-style phones. You know, your old-style phone never broke, but smartphones, you know, Android upgrades break, or a lot of these phones run older versions of Android, apps crash, things like that, and it creates a big support hack. And so Charlie and Jacob uh, created created a pretty cool business, helping people make that transition as they started selling these things. Um, And so, you know, kind of walking through that and, Along the way, earlier this, uh, in 2017, around February, they were out at my house. We were doing kind of advisory sessions uh, talking about different things, next product directions, and we kind of landed on, you know, we've got this amazing app that's pre-installed on, you know, over a million phones already in emerging markets with millions, millions more coming on this year. Um, a great feature to drop in there would be a digital currency wallet. And that led us talking about, you know, how do we do that? Does that mean we do our own coin or not? Things like that. And then, um, then the ICO market really started exploding late last year. You know, in May, mid-June timeframe, you had the Basic Attention Token and a bunch of others started raising a lot of money. And Jacob and Charlie decided to launch a ICO to support their coin and their wallet. And um, they approached me for help and more investment because it's expensive to do an ICO correctly and in a, a, regu- a regulated, conforming kind of way. And I was talking through with them and got, you know, really excited about it and ended up actually coming in full time. They asked me to come in and just uh, be CEO of the company and help them get through this next big change and growth for them. And so I joined Spire and um, the rest is kind of history over the last couple of months as we've been prepping for the ICO and and building more product and, and continuing to sign more carriers and smartphone manufacturers.
1: So your the Spire is integrated with these uh, the the smartphones coming out um,
2: through via Up Channel. Yeah.
1: Correct. Okay.
2: That's right. Yeah. So Spire is only mm-hmm. via Up Channel, and and Up Channel is um, you know this traditional business-to-business focused on telecom carriers and smartphone manufacturers, just helping them run their business, providing you know it's very similar to Salesforce type uh, solution for managing customers and help tickets, you know things like that, uh, all based in the cloud. But it also requires an app to be pre-installed on the phone. So whenever someone walks into a carrier in Africa that we work with or in the Bahamas or whatever, and they buy a new smartphone, it's the app on the phone is branded with that carrier or manufacturer. Just like, I don't know if you have a Verizon or a T-Mobile phone today, usually there's an app that you see there on your phone or you can download one to, to work with them. UpChannel builds that app for emerging market-focused companies. So we're white label, and then the app is branded by whoever we're working with. And it's great because it's trusted, because it's the carrier they know or the manufacturer they know. And when they open it up, that app today, they find live chat support. They find their manuals. They find an app marketplace where we suggest you know apps that are very useful to them that they might want to download on a new phone. And a lot of times, that channel is just part of the unboxing experience. So you know they turn on their phone. In Android world, to those of you that aren't iPhone users, when you first turn on the phone, the first thing you do is you create or sign in with a Google account because it's Android, and then often the very next thing they engage with is up-channel. And then after they they get their phone set up and they're they're introduced to up-channel and its features, um, they then drop into their normal smartphone experience. But our app is sitting right there in the lower right-hand corner next to their mail and messages, you know, those kind of four major or five major icons at the bottom of the phone. Our app sits there, uh, branded by the carrier or whoever. And now, going forward, once Complete all coin offering. Um, we will launch the wallet, and so inside that app will now also be a digital currency wallet that supports Bitcoin and supports Spire. Spire is the token that allows uh, us to make it easy for people to use lots of other tokens. We don't think emerging market people um, or really anybody wants to have thousands of tokens of you know different kinds of tokens in their wallet, right? Like we're heading into a world right now in the coin space where You'd have to have a gift card for every store downtown if you wanted to shop. You know, like that'd be the, that'd be the equivalent experience. I have to have a Sears card and a Penny's card and a, a Twenty One Forever card and a I don't know Jamba Juice card and you know all these things, right? That's kind of the the space we're running into. And so we need to figure out ways to simplify that experience, especially in emerging market where the smartphone may be the only advanced tech a person has ever owned and the first advanced tech they've owned. We, we need a very simple user experience so we're going to support Bitcoin, and we're going to support Spire. And then apps that want to work with us are dApps, right? Today, we introduce people to lots of different regular apps on their smartphone. Now we're going to introduce them to, to digital apps that uh, are useful to them. Those digital apps will integrate with Spire so that behind the scenes, that digital app's own coin will still work. It'll just uh, be hidden exactly what's happening from the person using the phone. They'll just be using Spire. To perform their transaction, and then we'll work or integrate with our partners to make sure they have a smooth experience.
1: Back to um, the the DApps. Really what it. what DApps do you think um, are going to be the us- most useful to this current market?
2: Yeah, I and mean, it's because a, a we're actually talking to about forty or fifty different companies right now, and, and working through you know how we want to work together. But you know the the key categories are things like identity are really important, right? Um, and there's several important identity tokens out there. In emerging markets today, you know, if you're in a big city, you might have a driver's license or you might have some kind of government ID, but once you leave the big cities of Africa, your ID is usually just whatever the village elder says it is. It's like, yes, this person was born here. I know their mother. And that's kind of where your ID starts in these countries, uh, in many of these countries, and maybe your only real ID. And so, um, you know, I think blockchain is going to have a massive impact on identity in emerging markets and really... You know without having a very good identity, it's very hard to tap the rest of the financial services. It's very hard for governments to help you. It's hard for governments to collect taxes you know all these things that are really important and central to identity um, we think going a big impact um, other areas we're gonna see are obviously basic financial services remittances right where a family member might work in a foreign country and send money back to the emerging market you know send money back to Africa uh, we see this a lot with a lot of Africans will go work at maybe um, Saudi Arabian um, oil platforms or oil refineries, and then they live for a couple of years. I mean, you see their family for a couple of years, but during that time, they send back a large chunk of their pay—maybe 70 to 90 percent of their money—they actually send back home. And in traditional way they do that, now they do that through services that compete with people like Western Union, where sometimes you might have to pay eight percent or 10 percent. To send money back home, um, in some markets it's more competitive. You might pay one or two or three percent to send money back home, and then usually back home there's another guy who collects a cut before your family member gets the money. And we think blockchain is going to completely revolutionize that business and drive the cost way down. Uh, Remittance is a huge market, three, four hundred billion dollar market globally every year, and almost all focused on emerging markets. Um, and so we think you know blockchain will probably take instead of people paying maybe. Twenty-five or thirty billion dollars in fees every year. Uh, Blockchain is probably going to lower that to, you know, maybe a billion or five billion dollars or something. You know, massive impact. I mean, basically, it's almost like a government grant showing up in emerging markets worth twenty-five billion dollars. Right? It's going to have a big impact, net uh, that, that savings. And then, uh, you know, basic financial services like basic banking services, uh, basic you know, place to store your money safely instead of you know under the mat in your in your little house or whatever you might have, um, or a hole in the ground, right? Um, And then the ability to do things like convert the minutes on your phone into fungible currency. Um, A lot of times in emerging markets, people's phones are where a lot of their assets are stored. It's it's the minutes they prepay on their phone might be a large chunk of their income. And today they use that mostly for calling and data, but blockchain is going to allow people to unlock those minutes and make them you know, much like a, a token works today, um, which is going to have a, an awesome impact. We've already seen, you know, so old-style companies like M-Pesa are out there doing it with a more simple kind of minute structure. And M-Pesa's had, I, think I saw stat, UBS Bank back in December said that over two percent of Kenyans have been lifted out of poverty because of M-Pesa, uh, which is that's a big impact. There's a lot of people that you're you're really changing their life and. And so we think, you know, blockchain services like that are just going to have, again, this massive, amazing impact uh, in the space. You know, the smartphone alone is going to have a huge impact too um, uh, along the way. But blockchain is going to be, a, you know, an amazing accelerator, and we think it's going to happen fast. We already see. We saw that last month. Nigeria, two percent of Nigeria GDP is currently tied up in Bitcoin. Uh, emerging markets are adopting blockchain and coins fast. Uh, some faster than others, um, and it's going to be, a, it's going to be a great ride. That's all
1: of those things are really exciting to hear. I'm, I'm really curious to hear your viewpoint. We're, we're talking globally and global emerging markets and um, smart smartphones. I remember back in, uh, I think it was around 2006 or so, when smartphones were becoming more popular in the U.S., what that did for us now. And I think where we are now, it's just a, an amazing transition. Comparing the U.S., where we are right now with cryptocurrency, And these emerging markets around the world, what do you think are some drawbacks to um, our particular viewpoint of cryptocurrency in in the U.S. right now?
2: Yeah, uh, that's an excellent question. And this is, you know, it kind of leads to one of our core theses where we think blockchain will actually adopt faster. And we may even see more money value flow through blockchain on emerging markets faster um, than we'll see in developed markets. Um, we believe that because, you know, you and I today and, and, a, and a lot of listeners uh, on the podcast are, we have lots of access to different financial services. Um, even someone who has very poor credit in the U.S. and has extreme financial difficulty will often have a debit card um, that, they'll ha- that they'll be able to make different kinds of online purchases and maybe purchase it through their smartphone. Um, where in emerging markets, you know, credit card and debit card penetration right now is like 4% or 5%. And- And that's normally in just the biggest cities. And that's normally just really the richest, you know, small percentage of the population. And so most people are completely locked out of almost any kind of Internet service that provides value because most of the services that provide value cost money, right? And they have no way to put money into the Internet um, in that space. And so, you know, we think blockchain, by enabling kind of those basic financial services, basic identity services, see change, a transformation coming. I think, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to see three billion smartphones come online in um, the next four or five years in these emerging markets. It'll be as big or a bigger market of smartphones than exists today in the world. And it's how big of a shift is coming. Um, And you know, another kind of important thing, if you think today, like even even the poorest American is most likely to be reasonably literate. Um, They may not, they know, probably don't have a college education. But you know, most kids get through um, most of high school, even even the lowest income people in in a very developed country like America or Europe. In emerging markets, (laughs) there's millions and millions of adults that are are illiterate. They can speak their language, but they don't read and write it. Um, And so, even if you give them a smartphone, they can't use it beyond some of the basic touch things. But now we see these voice assistants coming online, like your Amazon Alexa, which we see as a toy in our house today, right? The kind of the convenience thing. It's a life changer in emerging markets because now an illiterate adult who today can only be maybe a ditch digger or a porter or something in a country now has an assistant that speaks almost any language in the world that guy or lady needs to speak, speaks it fluently and can read back to them anything that comes to their phone. Massive life change, right? So it's just incredible the impact these things are going to have, both smartphones and blockchain in emerging markets. And And that should translate to very rapid rise in gross domestic uh, products, very rapid rise in incomes, huge swaths of people coming out of poverty. Um, it's it's going to be pretty amazing. And that's all happening in the next five years.
1: And really curious to see how that will cause us to change our viewpoint in, you know, in a market that's already established. As, as you mentioned, in the U.S., we have access to uh, so many things that they, they don't in emerging markets. It, it'll be interesting to see how we, uh, first of all, how, the emerging markets will almost play catch up and maybe surpass. And what will we do to, to you know, integrate with those as well? So that's that's a an interesting, very interesting viewpoint. So, tell us more about your ICO and where you are
2: with that. Yeah, sure. So we are we're pretty we're pretty far down the path. Um, we're still building some of our technology for the wallet um, and getting you know security and things like that in line. The core up channel products built, it's been in the market for a while. Like it I said, it's on over a million active devices right now, and, and we get a lot of movement through that and a lot of learning from that experience. Um, and this year, we should be on probably 20 or 30 million devices by the end of the year. So we'll be one of the largest digital currency wallets uh, in the world at the end of the year. And so, you know, our ICO is focused on getting our wallet done, uh, knocking out the security, and then uh, making sure, you know, Community start to understand what we're trying to do. Um, we have some pretty significant communities of users already. Um, Upchannel is installed on five percent of the phones in Samoa, which is a small country. but in Uruguay, we're on probably four percent of the phones, which is a much larger country. and so we have some great bases of people to reach out to and really start educating on the blockchain because we're on these phones, we can do things like ship videos and walkthroughs and really do a great job of, of explaining what's happening with blockchain and how and how to leverage it. And so we're building some of that story right now and some of those experiences that we'll be shipping with product. Um, we think we're on track to do our pre-sale in March. So we're just now wrapping everything up to do the pre-sale to private investors. And then we'd launch towards a public sale probably at the end of March, maybe early April, um, which will be taking place outside the U.S. Um, while we work very hard to conform with all the U.S. regulations around as tokens or securities and and how to approach unspecific investors, there's still not a clear path that the SEC has has laid out that we feel comfortable with being able to let the uh, coin offering to U.S. investors. So U.S. investors won't be allowed in. Outside the U.S., uh, most countries will be able to participate uh, along the way. So that's where we are. We have some great advisors at Galaxy Capital, which, you know, they're a pretty big fund in New York. And, um, and working with some other um, teams to really start our community strategy and, and uh, kind of coordinate the rest of the sales side. So, so a lot will be happening next month. Uh, we've got a Telegram channel set up, Spire Protocol. Uh, website's spireprotocol.com, where you can uh, drop an email address for more information, too, and we'll keep everybody kind of uh, to date on what's going on. Then on Twitter, uh, we have Spire Protocol, and uh, there's another channel Twitter account also. That uh oh, making announcements and guiding people.
1: Well, you you've given us all the contact information, and sounds like a, a great platform, especially reaching out to the rest of the world and uh, getting them involved in cryptocurrency, blockchain, and the future. Any final thoughts before we wrap today?
2: You know, um, just you know, thanks so much. Uh, we really look forward to having a community come in and help us with this super important project. Uh, It's one of the big cryptocurrency projects that can have a giant impact on literally billions of lives um, in the world as a whole. Fix fix the emerging market, and you fix a big chunk of the world. Um, And so, uh, you know, we're excited to uh, hear from people, get feedback, and help us uh, have a successful launch and and a a great uh, future along path. So, oh, great, Ron. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'll be at um, the Bitcoin Super Conference. in March, right, and so so we'll be able to uh, be a great place also to meet.
1: Fantastic, Ron Williams with Spire. Thank you so much for joining us today,
0: everyone, and we'll see you next time on the Future Tech Podcast. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007. From the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more but artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. virtual reality, and more.